Chris and Will here, and you know, you guys, we have a challenge for you, and it's all about the red shirt. That's right. It's been a symbol of pride since 1991. In 2020, we're spreading the message of diversity, equality, and kindness with the red shirt challenge across the globe. On June 6th, join the world in wearing your red shirt and help us bring us all together hand in hand. Go to kindredpride.org to register. Join us June 6th with your red shirt. Show it off. Hashtag RSPD. It's the show that makes us talk. So what did the shy pebble say? What did it say? I wish I was a little bolder. <laughs> what about our life? With Chris and Will, season two. new episode of what about our life with chris and will how are you hi you know i don't think we ever introduce ourselves when we're doing this so i am chris and i'm will of course and we're chris and will yeah <laughs> well of course this week we've got a different type of episode because we've never had a chef on our show yeah before. so this week we're talking about the naughty chef Ooh. yes and the yummy Ooh. <laughs> we all love food yeah so I hope you're not hungry because we're about to make you hungry. Oh. Hungry, hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> yes. Yummy in my tummy. Absolutely. So what would you say your favorite food is? Oh, gosh. I love spaghetti. I do, too. I can only have a little bit of it because I'll bloat like a balloon for days. Yeah. But I would have to say my favorite food. I do like pizza. Uh-huh. But anything with potatoes. Oh. I love French fries. Oh, gosh. He loves I French do fries. I love French fries. And you love cringle cut fries and steak fries. I do. I do. Now, I love fruits and vegetables. Now, I can eat soups for days. Oh, yeah. I can live off of soups. And I can live, live off of fruits, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you cannot keep a watermelon in the house. Yeah, because I my example is he's like Yoshi. He's going to eat the whole watermelon I will up. eat the whole watermelon up. Yep. It loves to clean my system, so I love it. <laughs> so I absolutely love it, but I love, I, I do, I love watermelon. I like all kinds of fruits. I, fruits and vegetables are, I just, I love. Yeah. If they're done a certain way, cooked a certain way, or served a certain way, I absolutely love them. Yeah. So I would have to say if I had to choose pizza, of course, but I mean, I have others. Yeah, but you also like um, potato salad, too. I do. It's got potatoes, so yeah. of course, absolutely. Um, um, what would you say my least favorite food, of course, is Chinese food. I don't really care much for Chinese yeah, food. Yeah, but you also had an experience I did, when you first I had did. it, so, you know, that's understandable. And they understandable. say usually with certain types of foods, if... You have a bad experience, the first experience, and you usually don't go back. Yeah, that's like with me and pretzels. It's just the even the thought of a pretzel or just looking at it just ugh, because I had a bad experience. What would you say too. our famous travel foods would be? Oh, gosh, travel food. Um, what automatically comes to mind is In-N-Out for some reason. <laughs> I mean, Well, that's a restaurant. Food. Yeah. Um, my gosh. I think you stumped me there. I would there. have to be salads. Yes. Yes. We, yes. We I love agree. Soup and salads we love uh, carrots in the salads. Um, me particularly, I like tomatoes. I know Chris loves cucumbers in his salads. You know, the first experience of famous foods would have to be for Willie and learning how to peel a crawfish and eat it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and for all you out there who are Southern and love crawfish, it took a time for me to even get to that point. So. It did. And if you want to see that time, it will be on the documentary. Yes. Just an FYI. It will be in the documentary. So what about mom and pop food places? We have a, we have two, actually. Yes. Uh-huh. 
We have one that is in several places in Southern California. It's called Paul's. Yes, Paul's Place. Absolutely. We love going to Paul's Place. And for me, it's the broasted chicken. Yes. Uh huh. Absolutely. I love the broasted chicken meals. I just love their burgers. I mean, I know burgers are burger, but it's a gourmet burger. And I mean, they give you so much fries. Yes. Oh my god! We always fill up so much. So you literally <laughs> have to roll out of the the restaurant for it. So I would have um, to say that. And another one in California, it's in Anaheim. It's called George's. That's right. That's right. Yes. Love George's. Uh-huh. It 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 is definitely a mom and pop. Yeah. And when you come up to it, you're like, it's it's an unexpected thing. Because the food that comes out of there, you wouldn't think, I mean, you know, because it's a very small place. Yes. But that doesn't but mean good. anything. It, their it food is great. And their food is good. Mm-hmm. What about theme park foods? I'd have to say theme park foods at tops, it has to be Disney World Dole Whip ice cream. Okay. Yeah. That has to be the top one. Yeah. Because you can't get that experience anywhere else. else. Yeah. Or better yet, the turkey legs. Now, the turkey legs I used to like, but the turkey legs, I guess, over the years have gotten so salty. Yeah. That I can't. I can't. It doesn't mean I don't like them. I love them. Uh huh. But I can't eat the whole thing. Well, they are huge. And I definitely can't tolerate the whole thing because my body does not like a lot of salt. Uh And so when I engulp a lot of salt, then I throw it up. It doesn't give me. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't give me heartburn. It just comes up. It just, my body doesn't care for a lot of salt. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'd have to say that one. I'm trying to think of. Any of the others, but I think that would have to be the experience yeah, of theme park foods. Yeah, that doesn't mean that Disney and all the rest of them don't have great restaurants. They do. Yeah, but as far as highly, the one that comes to mind would have to be those. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, then it comes into the carnival foods. Now we don't really eat at carnivals. Yeah. Um, I can't say that we've ever eaten at a carnival. I would have to, uh, yeah. I mean, I have when I was younger and as a uh-huh. kid, and if I had to choose from that time period, I, I loved corn dogs. So oh, okay. corn dogs are hot dogs because you can get hot dogs at sporting events and yeah, different things see, like that. See, I would do fan. that. Oh, I also at sporting events also learned about uh, Frito pie, oh. which is uh, chili and, and Frito-Lays. Uh, okay, okay. I learned that from sporting events as Interesting. well. I yeah. usually don't go to a lot of sporting events, so that tells you where right. I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of goes into that. Um, favorite places to eat? You said uh, In and Out. I love yes. In and Out only because they have such a simple menu. Yes, and they have great uh, milkshakes too. Absolutely, but you know what? Now I'm not huge on buffets, and I really don't like buffets. But um, I'll do casino buffets, believe it or not. Yeah. I'll do select casino Select buffet. casino buffets, buffet. yes. What is your favorite snack food? Oh, snack food. Well, I definitely, uh, Twinkies. I mean, I yeah. know it sounds silly. I mean, when I was in the fourth grade, I was known as Twinkie the Kid. I remember um, there was a teacher, every time I would eat lunch, um, he would walk past me in the outdoor cafeteria and he goes, hey there, Mr. Twinkie. And I thought it was so funny. But okay. yes. That's funny. But you even know, Chris, that I had like a little collectible yes, of Mr. Twinkie he to does. where you could put on a Twinkie inside of it. And yeah. it looked like a Twinkie. He does. He does. Yeah. For me, it would have to be spicy chips. Again, I can't eat too many spicy chips either way. They're good. But I, I can't because my body won't tolerate it. But you know, when you look at cooking styles, I have a very... Southern cooking style uh-huh. and a Southern comfort cooking style. And everything I cook has to have flavor. I, yes. I am known for the multiple flavors Yes, because when I cook something, I always use an array of different, different flavors and taste and stuff like that. So when you, when you, eat it it's like you you really don't know what kind of flavor you're going to get next exactly and uh, which is good it's, uh-huh. i've always had some great compliments with it it's one of those mindful eating things because people are um are aware of what they're eating they're not just eating just to you know all right i fueled up gotta go do something else absolutely they're enjoying they're savoring absolutely. the moment absolutely and you know I have a cookbook coming out later this year. Yes. 
Yes. We'll be announcing that. I'm so that. proud of Chris. Yes. I'm so proud of you, Chris, We'll be for announcing that. that on my website, which is Christopher L. Ante, A-N-T-I-E dot com. Yes. All one word, Christopher L. Ante dot com. I'll be announcing that. We'll also maybe put it on the Chris and Will website as well. Who knows? Yeah. We don't know. But um, it's got a lot of flavors, and I also put a lot of food for thought into it. Yeah. It's like a journal, but it ends with a recipe, so it's exciting. But, you know, it's something different because I think it's its own journey, really. Absolutely. I mean, it's not just recipes and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of uh, thought. There's a lot of... Yeah, I guess life journey stuff. Well, it's kind of like my version of being a chef. Now, anybody's a chef. If you can cook, you're a chef. Yeah. However you want to present yourself as a chef, that is pretty much up to you. Now, I admit I may not have the greatest presentation styles, but at the end of the day, who does? You know, because I always found that sometimes the the best presentation that's on a plate doesn't doesn't really present well in my mouth. Yeah. And I think, it again, it's one of those life things. It comes down to balance. You know, if you have too high a presentation, but you don't have the flavor, where's that balance? Or if you have Absolutely. really, really great taste, but you don't have that presentation, then somebody may look at it and they don't want to eat it, even though Abs there's something really Absolutely. tasty there. And, you know, the best way to learn how to cut certain things and how to do certain presentations and create your own recipe. There's so many videos out on YouTube now where you can learn that mm -hmm. so many different books. You can go to bookstores. They still have bookstores. Yes. You know? uh -huh. And you can go, you can go check out those type of books or spend an evening and reading them mm -hmm. and learn. It's really just taking notes. You don't have to have a degree to be a chef. You really don't. Yeah. Companies and kitchens will hire you and you work your way up. That's how you become a successful chef. I became a chef with Disney. That's where I started cooking and grew from that point. Went, started conventions, did my own shows. And now here I'm considered myself a celebrity chef because I've cooked for celebrities, yes, yeah, politicians and done catering events for many, many, many events. So yes. Yeah, so I've gotten my recognition my way, but it took learning. It took patience uh -huh. and took time yes, to did. do that. So that's how you do it. I got training. I did start with training at La Cordon Bleu in mm -hmm. Florida, which they are no longer here. And I learned a lot of techniques through that. Yeah. Um, I had some amazing teachers that were there that taught me some things. And even Willie got to experience that by going to the school yes. at a couple of times. They had it to where um, it was a presentation of all of the students who were there. And I got to meet his professors. And boy, they are just, I could definitely see where Chris enjoyed uh, yeah, those experiences, you, you know, with some of those professors, you have to put time and talent into it. You have to love what you do because it's an art. Mm -hmm. It's like painting a picture. It is considered an art. So if you put your all into it and your heart into it, then it's going to come out the way you need. You got to keep trying. You keep you keep doing it. And yeah, keep doing it. That's what makes a chef. And when we talked about the different places and the foods that we we do that. My specialty is, is soups. My specialty is always signature soup. Yes. I always say when he cooks, he cooks for the masses. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And that's really where the yummy comes from. Yes. Because when you, when you eat and it gives you that fulfillment and that enjoyment that craves for you to go get more and you get more and it craves for you to go get more then you've been successful. If people are eating your food and, five, and enjoying it, yeah, then you're a chef. Yeah, the, we really quickly, uh, many years ago, we hosted a Christmas dinner party and Chris had made a recipe for, uh, I think it was like a chili. Within five minutes, the whole thing was gone. Yes, and I created big pots of it. Yeah. I mean, you you just, I, it takes a lot of practice and time to, to do this stuff. And hopefully, once all this clears the way through, we will have another dinner party. Yes. And I want guests to experience what I'm putting in the book, the uh -huh. recipes that I'm putting in the book. Uh -huh. So it'll be a nice little show to have. So very exciting with that. Mm -hmm. But uh, today we have a grand special guest. Like I said, we usually don't have a chef on our show. Yeah. But we decided we're going to do something different. Uh -huh. And, you know, she really started my, in theory, career of going into being a chef. Her show on Oxygen was called The Naughty Chef. Yes. 
And it was so entertaining. I just loved her personality. I fell in love with everything and anything that she could do. And she inspired me. And mm-hmm. so we are so happy to have her on the show and hopefully do more stuff with her. Yeah. She's, she's become a wonderful friend, a wonderful person, and we just adore her. And I think the reason why she's a major inspiration for you, Chris, is because she's a non-traditional chef. She absolutely is. She is totally non-traditional. Well, we are talking about celebrity chef Blythe Beck. Yes! Her show, The Naughty Chef, was on Oxygen in 2009. Mm-hmm. And she is the co-owner of the Pink Magnolia Restaurant in Dallas. Ah. She was also the executive chef at Central 214 in Dallas. And she's got a new project called Cocktails and Convos. Whoa. And, of course, Top Chef has always wanted her on their show. So (laughs) we are so excited to have her on ours. And we're going to talk with her in a second. So get your hunger gears ready. Sit back. Relax. Because celebrity chef Blythe Beck is coming up. We are honored to welcome celebrity chef Blythe Beck. How are you? Um, I am good. It's a little bit crazy here right now, but as far as dealing with everything, I mean, I'm safe at home with my husband and all of my dogs, and my mom lives down the street, and so I can keep an eye on her, and, you know, we're doing the best we can. Absolutely. What better way to spend quarantine time with a person that you love, right? Yes. Well, yeah, and we just got married not that long ago, so it's like, hmm, what a fun first year of marriage. I know. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, you're very sweet. We've. I mean, it only took me six years to, you know, do it. So <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. It's only taken us 20. Well, see, it's like I like I like to make a moment. It's like I, it's, you know, leave them wanting more, and so that's what we did. So. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, well, official now. Well, if it makes you feel any better, we haven't done it yet. It's scheduled for November of this year. Yes. Uh huh. Yep. And I'm guessing maybe not this year, maybe next year. Who knows? Yep. Well, we're hoping not, but it's going to be held at Disney. I hope Disney. not, too. Yeah, it's going to be held at Disney. So Disney's been telling us it's it's looking good for us to do it. So, Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed. <laughs> Me too. That's awesome. Well, congratulations to y'all. That's amazing. Thank well, thank you. you. Yes, it's it's been it's it's been a long journey and an adventure yeah. journey at that, but mm-hmm. it's it's been good. It's been very good. That's awesome. Congrats. I love it. Yes. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. So, you know, the one thing about you is we, when your show came out, we couldn't get enough of it. Yes. And to be <laughs> honest with you, it was so interesting because during the time period of when your show was on, that's when mm-hmm. I enrolled into Le Cordon Bleu when they were open it at the time. And so I went and got a degree through Le Cordon Bleu, but you gave the inspiration to say, okay, well here, go to go become a, a chef yourself and make it your own thing. And it's all because of you. I have to give you that credit. Oh my God. I love all that dirty talk. That's <laughs> Thank you. Like that makes me feel naughty in my chef pants. <laughs> well, good. What I'm glad nice we can contribute that. Thank you yes yes i mean you your show was your show was just it was so entertaining and we went back through youtube because they have some clips on it on youtube that you can find and yeah and uh we've looked back on it and we were going oh okay it was so good that we forgot it was on oxygen Mm -hmm. and we were like oh it was on oxygen and i'm like all right all right well what made you give what what gave you the interest to want to be a chef you guys are not even going to believe my story because it's just so strange and crazy. But <laughs> I'll give you the I'll give you the condensed version of it. Okay. But um, I was like, I went to an all-girl private school my whole life, like French nuns, the whole thing. Okay. Uh-huh. And I went on to a Catholic college because at the time that was very important to me. And I was like a French major for a while and a PR major and a you know I was really like a Miller Lite major. Really was what I was doing. And I was the queen of takeout and I called for a to go order. Um, And when I got in there, the hiring manager, she's like, are you Blythe? And I was like, I am. She goes, you have a great voice and you're really polite on the phone. Do you want a job? And I was like, 
<laughs> no. Like, I'm good on the job, bro. You know, I was a total yeah. brat. And I was walking out with my grilled chicken salad and my zucchini, fried zucchini sticks. Uh-huh. And she goes, it could be beer money. And I was like, what? And, uh- I, <laughs> and I, I took the job. And there, it was a restaurant called The Cooker. So uh-huh. they called us cooker herkers. Uh, and when you worked the front door, they called us door whores. So oh, my okay. very Catholic father, who didn't want me to have a job anyway, real, when was, he called for me at the restaurant one day, like, oh, you mean the door whore? That didn't go over <laughs> what? well. <laughs> Big Daddy did not. This was way before Me Too, but I knew what Me Too was long before right. we were talking about it. Right. But anyway, I, I fell in love with the restaurant business, and my GM was a, a female, and she was this badass bitch, and she did it all in heels. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is amazing. And so I was like, I want to know what's going on back there. And when I was pointing to the kitchen, she goes, oh, no, girl. She goes, it's full of dirty boys that cuss and swear. And I was like, yes, I went to an all-girls school for 12 years, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll let you do it. She's like, I'll let you expo one time, which is like when you put the plates together. And she goes, right. you never want to do it again. And I said, all right, well, let me try it. And I absolutely fell in love. I mean, I just, I, I loved the language of a restaurant, like the language of a kitchen. I'm not just the dirty words. I love those too. But right, like, right. The, you know, restaurants and restaurant people have a, a language. And so I love yes. that. I love that, you know, it was sort of all walks of life. And I, I just really loved it. I love the speed and the pace and everything's on fire. And I just, I loved it. Oh, and so yeah. I came home. That was my junior Christmas, my junior year of college. And I said, uh, Mom, Big Daddy, I have something to tell you. And my dad's like, oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, you're pregnant. And I said, <laughs> no. But when I tell you what I got to tell you, I was going to hope for that. And I sat them down and I said, I want to be a – I was like, I figured out what I want to do. And, my, and Big Daddy was a lawyer, and I worked with him every summer just to be near him. So he's like, oh, my God, you're going to be a lawyer. And I was like, No. And my mom worked in the music business. So she's like, oh, are you going to do music? I was like, no. I was like, I'm going to be in the restaurant business. Uh, I mean, we had to pick my father up off the floor. Wow. I mean, he was wow. like, you're going to do what? <laughs> and, and finally, my sister was like, look, she's finally figured out something she's going to do. And and so my father's like, we get degrees and Anyway, long story, I ended up going to the University of North Texas here in Denton, in Denton, Texas. In my very first class, you had to do food prep. Because if you can't get through food prep, you know, if you can't get through touching animals and, you know, if you can't get through food prep, it weighs you out. And my very first thing, I made a biscuit. I made a freaking biscuit. And it was beautiful. And I was like, holy, sh- holy crap, like, I'm good at something. You know, I mean, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I put my stink all over it and I created what I thought was the most magical baby biscuit in the world. <laughs> I took a my professor, my, my director, you know, my advisor, and I said, hi, I'm Black Rain Beck. Uh, I'm going to go work for Dean Faring at the Mansion on Turtle Creek and I'm going to be a chef. Uh, and the Mansion on Turtle Creek at the time was the only five-star, five-diamond hotel and restaurant in the entire Southwest of America. Wow. And he's like, He's like, what? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I made a biscuit. (laughs) (laughs) What? And I mean, you know, you just, you know, that moment where your light goes on, you're like, holy shit, like I'm good at something. Like I Uh can do something. And it just, you know, and so he was like, well, you better be prepared to hear no. And I quell, but I never got so big in my britches. I mean, I just, I was like, I'm blank throwing back and I don't hear no. And wow. he just was like, okay. And like, I, like the, the mansion came to recruit and I had like hot pink and jet black hair and I gave him my resume and it was like big daddy's law office and cooker hooker. I mean, I was really crushing it <laughs> on the old resume. And they were like, why are you here? And I was like, cause I'm the best UNTS offer. You're the best the culinary world has to offer. And we belong together. And I remember this lady took my resume and like threw it on a pile and it like kind of listed in the air, and I was like, "You bitch!" Like Whoa. I was like, "I know I belong there." Yeah. Uh huh. And finally, after like six months of begging and pleading, they finally gave me an interview. Um, which, duh, because I knew we belonged together. Right. And right. When I got in there. I insulted the chef de cuisine, and they kicked me out. Like physically, uh. like removed me from the building. Wow. Um, and 
So why well, didn't do it on purpose? Like right, we got yeah. in there and he was like, why are you here? And I was like, well, I'm the best, you know, UNT, you're the best. We belong together. And he was this man from Mexico and he had a very thick accent. He was Chef de Guadilla, So he's number two. I mean, he is the big dog on the pole. And right. he goes, I go, Chef, I was like, I'll do anything. I was like, I'll peel shrimp. I'll peel potatoes. You know, I'll wash your car. I'll wash your baby. Just let me in. Like, please. And he goes, I don't think you understand what this job entails. I was like, yes, Chef, I do. And he goes, you know, when this job, he's like, you have to fuckus, fuckus, fuckus. And I was like, Chef. <laughs> When I said, he goes, you know, you got to fuck us on the food. You got to fuck us on the gas. <laughs> well, at the exact same time, we both realized what I said. And they physically removed me from the mansion. And I was like, oh. And I had a 45-minute drive back because all my professors were outside waiting for me at UNT because no one from my school had ever gone there. And they are like, this is such a big deal. And they were all waiting outside. I'll never forget that. I pulled up to Chilton Hall. And they were like, oh, my God, how'd it go? I was like, oh, yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. Like, I insulted the second man, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought he was making me have sex with people, and he was telling me about focus. I mean, it was just. And so <laughs> I was like, well, that was probably it. And then six weeks later, I got a phone call. And it was like, this, and I saw an answer machine. Like, that's how long ago it was. Uh-huh. And he's like, this is Chef Dean Faring calling for, he says my name funny. He's like, Blythe Beck. And he's like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but do you want to be my apprentice? I'm like, hell oh. yeah. And wow. that's how it all started. Wow. That's, wow. That's, that is the story of like how I got there. That is. And then, a- you know, I should have just tur- turned around and never <laughs> not stayed there. But I stayed there for five years. Wow. That's the story of life. Yes. Don't ever take no. Just keep going. Oh. Or, or or insult, you know, the second in charge. I mean, and yes. the great thing about it is, you know, 20 years later, they've let me live that story down. No, no. no. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's part of it, too. Wow. So how did you, did you actually learn the other ethics of uh, being a chef there? Or would you say, where did yeah. you learn that? Okay. And what about so with presentation? You, so when you are an apprentice, an apprentice is like the lowest form of life there. Like I wasn't even allowed in the big kitchen. I just stand in the like prep area that smelled like ice machine compressors and broken right. dreams. Like it was horrible. It was so, and my partner out there listened to only ESPN Deportes. So I, learned <laughs> I mean, that's a, God, that's a true story. And I had to, like, kill lobsters every day, and I apologize to everyone, you know. Right. But as you work your way up, I mean, the kitchens are made on the brigade system, right? They're right. made like the military. So chef is chief, number one. And so the way that a system like that works, the closer you get to the chef on the cooking line, the more you are up in the ranks. And right. with ranks becomes more responsibility, higher like you're doing, because we did everything from scratch, bread, dressing, even our ranch was from scratch and everyone oh, wow. used to feel, you know, I mean, every, and every plate had five sauces and this, and I mean, his, his food was just, I mean, stunning. And, it, and you don't, the, it makes me sad because we don't do food like that anymore. But so every time, every, every promotion, you got more complicated and you learn. And I, at one point was like, chef, I mean, he didn't know my name for two years, so, uh-huh. like, I was Bliss Burke on the schedule <laughs> for two years, and I, I like, finally got out, there was a chef de cuisine that, like, this was the exec, executive stew, and I finally, like, got up after two years the nerve to tell him, because he did the schedule, and he's uh-huh. like, you're lucky you're on that, you know, blah, 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 schedule, and I was like, okay, Bliss Burke it is, but <laughs> as you make your way, you know, through the, that's how you learn the presentation, and that's how you learn to do it, but it's not your way. It's his way, and right. you do the same thing, and they decide the presentation, and you just you sit there and you pump out plates. You know that it, it was crazy. Like if I think about now, what was asked of me, you know, to do. I mean, I was making when I became his saucier, I was making thirty sauces a day. I mean, it's wow. crazy. Like and not like not heating sauces, like fortifying them and making them right. creating them and seasoning i mean it was it was insane it was insane but i'm so happy i did it i'm grateful for it now absolutely now that i've gotten over my ptsd yeah <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely so how did the, the 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 reality show come about so 
cops out. So I left Dean. I left the, I left the mansion. And I'd opened this small, like, independent restaurant, and Dean was not pro it at all and really was like, you're going to leave me for this grassroots, no-press restaurant. And I was like, I just, it was a shot, it was a shot to be a sous chef, which was finally, like, management, you know. And right. They're like, oh, can you order, purchase for you? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Make it till you make it, you know. Right. And it was my day, and Top Chef had been blowing up my phone, blowing up my phone. Like, we have to have you, like, we want you to do this. Well, I had realized that the season that they were going to put me on, I had two friends. One of them was my ex-roommate, and one was a very good friend of mine here in Dallas, another chef. And I was like, I don't want us to look like bitchy girls. Like, I don't want you to do that to me. I, that's, right. You know, I helped raise her at the mansion. I was the first female in that kitchen. So it's like I helped raise her mm-hmm. in the mansion. And so I didn't want to go then turn around and be adversary. You know, that they do that. Right, yeah. And anyway, I was... And so they were just really relentless. And I was, it was on my day off. Uh, and I had to go into this restaurant week, which is like, you know, the promotional stuff where you like, you know, you do a shorter menu and a cheaper price and then feed the food bank. And I got right. called into my day off and I was ugly and I was pissed. And I was just so mad. And I was trying to meet my best friend down the street to have a drink. Cause you know, we're chefs. That's what we do. Right. And the, one of the servers said, he goes, you should come out here. There's somebody here from HGTV. And I was like, well, yeah. And I was like, oh, is this these Bravo people again? Because I didn't realize at the time, you know. Right, right, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. I really think you should meet them. And I was like, fine. And I walked out. I was like, hi, I'm Blythe Beck. I'm the chef. And he's like, oh, I'm Brad Hall. And I was like, good for you. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I was, you know, I was, a, I was a chef. And I didn't want to be told what to do. And I was, day, you know, I was an asshole. Right. And so I said, he said, uh. He's like, um, you know, he said something to me. I don't remember what it was. And I was like, shut your face down. And he goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You should be on TV. I was like, yeah, <laughs> buddy. You know, made me famous. You put me on TV. All right. I'll be at Vickery Park, which is the bar down the street. And I left. You know, you, you whatever. Right. And uh, a month later, he showed up with his business partner and a camera crew. And we shot the sizzle reel. Wow. And, wow. You know, that was amazing. But uh, he, you know, they believed in me a lot and did a lot for me and really were generous with their time and money and resources and knowledge. And we went out to L.A. to pitch it. And we pitched to five networks. And uh-huh. in my head, like at the time, I had always like dirty fantasy that going to Oxygen. I don't know why at the time. I think it's because our logo was pink. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um and, and I, and, you know, I, and we went in there to, as we were walking to pitch, they were the last pitch and they said, Oprah has just sold oxygen and it's NBC now and you can't pitch. And it's oh. like, no, I know I'm supposed to be on oxygen. Like I knew that I was supposed to be there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they're like, you can't pitch. They're like, you can leave the sizzle reel, but you can't pitch. And by the grace of the television gods and the universe, like the one person that made it from brought from it being owned to oxygen saved my sizzle rail and said, you got to see this girl. And they oh, wow. had me, they, they loved it and wanted it. And it was, and Bravo and oxygen were both fighting, like saying that they wanted it uh-huh. and oxygen needed a hit show and oxygen won. you know, they're owned by NBC. It's both of them. So right. It yeah. Right. And, and uh, Bravo was a little unhappy with me because I had turned down top chef and they mentioned it in the pitch room mentioned it several times wow wow they were like do you remember when and i was like yeah uh, do y'all remember when because you know exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah they, oh, they they let me hear about it for sure well you know it's so interesting you talk about how you know we're meant to be together or i'm meant to be here that belief in in yourself in knowing where you're going that's so powerful and i just uh. That it just shows an example of if you know where you're to where you're supposed to go in a good sense, you're gonna get there, and I really believe in that too. And I'm sure Chris does. That's too. so nice, powerful or stupid. I don't know which one. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, the you guys ran for what one season on the network? Yeah, we did. I just I did not want to um, continue that relationship. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those situations where the show we pitched wasn't quite the show that we made. Right. And, you know, as, as you know, that always is the way it is. But I I have a much bigger mission in life. And I just, yes. it wasn't, you know, I, 
I, I love it. And TV is the most humbling thing you can do. You know, you can reach out to so many people. And I got the most amazing letters and emails. I got a lot of mail letters from prison. A lot. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm very popular in cell block C. I mean, huge. Wow. But, um, you know, it, it's, you know, I had these girls writing me and like, finally someone uh, that looks like me or sounds like me on TV. I had this girl, she's like, I haven't left my house in four years and, you know, you made me want to get out of bed. And I mean, wow. that's powerful yeah. yes. and, and amazing. And I feel so blessed and grateful because well, what a great job, you know, like, right? you know. So I, I love television. It is my secret dirty lover. It's not even a secret. Like, I, I love television. And then it's, it's, it's an area that I feel the happiest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's television and food. It's like you can't really get much better than that. Unless the zoo will let me work for them, but I don't think they will. Right, right. So do you so, think you'll ever go back into doing a show like that again? Well, so we had a lot of offers for, um, you know, let me say it this way. I'm trying to be polite. As well. <laughs> That's, That's fine. Thing. But I mean, you, the thing about it is, is like, I would do, I have a dirty fantasy and I will tell you, I will tell you the dream and uh, maybe we can manifest it together here. Yes. But I want to get, I like the story of what, and in America, especially right now, whether it's politically or this pandemic or, or, or finance, whatever it is, we right. need to come together. Yes. And I have this dirty fantasy of this show, which I will make, but I want to get on a big pink bus and I want to go into the homes starting in America, but I want to make this worldwide. And I want them to feed me their family story. I want them to cook me their family story. Wow. You know, what the dishes were, yeah. the pots, the pans, the recipes. And I want to tell the story, especially women, because women for years and generations, I mean, that's how they told their stories, right? Right. You know, the dumplings and the the food and the, like all this stuff. That's how they tell their story. And I want to hear everyone's story. I definitely want to taste everybody's story. And I feel like if we can get around the table again, we can really make like some big strides and we can really love on each other. And, you know, I, I always have this vision of the globe and every time we touch someone, it's like a pink burst, you know, like wow. my goal is to have a pink globe. Like I, I, I'm absolutely obsessed with this idea and I'm going to make it happen. I don't, I don't know how right the second, but you know, so that's, that's why I don't, that's why I don't want to do like reality TV in that sense, you uh-huh. know, where it's like, follow me around and I'm going to use a lot of dirty words and you know, Although that happens a lot, but it's like, I, I want to make the world pink and positive and I'm actually working on a new project, but it's, I want to make the world pink and positive and I want to do it through food because you're, that's the even playing field, right? It doesn't right. matter your color, your race, your sexual orientation, your, it doesn't matter. That's the level ground. I mean, you do you. And right. I want, I want to be here for all of it. Absolutely. Well, yes. And that's a great outlook to have. And, you know, my uh, my first start was reality television, unfortunately. And I co-hosted <laughs> a show. That? I did Clean House on Style Network. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember that show? Probably not. But um, No, but I'll Google it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, my host was Kelly Williams, and she was Laura on Family Matters. But, um, oh, yeah, yes, I wasn't I wasn't on the show for many episodes because I did. I was contracted for like eight episodes and then I got fired after the third. Um, but um, I was happy I got fired because they still had to pay me for my own my eight anyway. But I was happy I yeah. got fired with it because, you know, a lot of people miss the understanding of what a reality show really is. It's really not reality in a sense. There's some, but there's, it's really not. Some of it is whatever the producers think is good television. That's what you do. And for this particular incident, and I've said this many times before that, um, you know, they, the premise of the show was, is we were to go and clean people's houses. These people, for some odd reason, don't, don't clean their house and it's, it's a mess. So we find one or two rooms to go clean and we, we pretty much redesign those two rooms and how they get that money is they have to sell their stuff in a garage sale. So that was, yeah, that was the premise of the show. And these houses that they, oh i don't know but let me tell you 
it was that that show <laughs> they found the most most nastiest people on the planet to go and find it was worse than hoarders let me put it to you that and, i'm just thinking hoarder i'm like like yeah. Hoarders? Like, did you find a cat that was crispy that you forgot? Oh, no. Oh, no. Now, I would have settled for a crispy cat, but for this particular episode, the the PA had come across a a bag, and they had gave it to the producers. So I remember the producers had come up to me and uh, said, hey, look, we want you to hold this up, take it out of the bag, hold this up to the camera. And I, I, I looked it. at it, and I go, no, you're absolutely not serious. I am not touching that. And What was it? It was the woman's pregnancy test for her 15-year-old daughter. And it oh. was, yes, it was so nasty. I go, oh. I am not, why, who saves that? And I go, are you going to give that to put, give your daughter to show her kids? Well, this is how I knew I had you. You were conceived, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. So, oh, it was so horrible. And they go, they no. go, I, I refuse to do it. And I didn't do it. And they go, well, if you don't do it, then we're just going to have to let you go. I go, hey, that's fine with me. You still have to pay me for those ep- eight episodes anyway. But I am not Bye, touching girl. that. That's what the contract's for. Yeah, exactly. So I remember Good going. you. I remember going to HR when they called me and they sent me to the building and I went and talked to the guy and he goes, well, you know why we're here? I go, absolutely. And I asked him, I said, would you touch it? And he, he, he goes, well, it's not about me. I go, exactly. You wouldn't touch it, but you're going to fire me because I wouldn't touch it, but you want me to touch it. And he goes, well, that's not how reality TV works. And I go, well, that's fine. Contractually, you still have to pay me for it. Otherwise, you know, um, you know what's going to happen. But they did. They paid me for the rest of it. But I wasn't on for long. Oh, yeah. They have a contract. Yeah. I did not even know they had HR. God bless. Oh, well, you know, at that time, because they were owned by Universal as well. And they were just being bought out by Universal. So at the time, they they made you go to the corporate hr because it was they it it i don't know i i guess they considered i I don't know why but for some odd reason they sent me to to hr but it was just i've never i've never gone to an hr on any production now that you bring that up but that was the first one i know the only one tv and hr doesn't work so well you know no, they don't. That's crazy. Oh, good for you, though. Yeah, well, awesome. thank you. Yeah, oh, it was crazy. It was so nasty. I'm like, I am not doing this. Absolutely nah. not doing this. But um, but in any sense. <laughs> Crispy cat, yes. Yes. You're all pregnant. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would have been fine to find a dead hamster in a, in a box somewhere, but... <laughs> You know, I I, I don't want to go. I, I don't want to. I don't want to touch something that somebody has peed on, and I don't know where no. that that thing has been, and, and you don't know what she did with it afterwards. So I'm like, no, thank you. Why do you keep that? And that was my first response to the mother. I'm like, why? Who keeps that? Everybody I that's know. Is, disgusting. Yes. Disgusting. You know, that's just like yeah, that's just like somebody saying I'm gonna keep my uh, used tampons for collection, and I'm like, why? Oh, <laughs> oh God! I know it was nasty. I mean, it was. I'm not even gonna tell you what the color of it is because I know you got to eat today. So it's just it was nasty. Well, I'm but... a chef. We can eat through anything. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so so I how know. long did that show live on? Well, Clean House was on, before I got on it, it was on for several years because Niecy Nash first hosted it. And then Oh when, my God, yes, I do know the show. Yes. Yes, I, yes. Yes. And then Niecy left to go to Reno 911, I think it was. And then that's when Kelly came in. And Kelly actually only stayed for a season because they treated her poorly and she didn't, she didn't care for it. So... Um, but I well, think for her too. she's like, I got Urkel money. I'm out. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. No kidding. Oh, they were, they were, I mean, they were horrible to her. They were really bad to her. And it's because she was, you know, Kelly had a certain image that she liked to, to keep up with. And, and they just, the producers just hated her for that. And she goes, no, I'm not doing that. That's not what I signed up for. That's not what I agreed for. You know? And cause the producers, they, they it was all television. They wanted to make it look, worse than it was 
you know. So, yeah, that's the, the big education of reality, I guess. But, um, but yeah. anyway, but let's talk about your new project. We watched your amazing video that you posted on it. So let's talk about that. So I have an amazing producer. So I worked for um, the CW here for, uh-huh. God, three years. And I did a local, well, it started local, and then it got picked up, um, and, like, nationally. I worked for the CW. I did a show called Spice of Blight. And it was uh-huh. always, like, food-oriented. And we did it for three years. It was great. I'm very grateful for them. Well, one of my producers, Chris, Chris, he had done a bunch of He and I had done a bunch of it together. And then he did my wedding. Like, he was the one uh-huh. that did the other videography for my wedding, which, I mean, he just he just crushed it. Like, you know those people that you work together and, like, he gets you and you get him? And, yes. Oh, yes. Like, we are just a great team. Well, he called me and he said, you know, Chef, which is funny, he calls me Chef, even though I'm not his chef. And he goes, Chef, you know, I really, like, I I feel like we need to do something. He's like, the world needs you right now. And he's like, we need some pink and positive. And he's like, we need to, we need you. And I was right. like, oh, shut up, you know, whatever. And he goes, no. He's like, we, because, you know, we've been going through stuff. Like, I had to close the restaurant down till this is over. And, uh-huh. you know, it's sad and it's depressing. And, like, I drank about it and cried about it and right. cooked about it. You know, I was going through it. And I thought, that's not the right attitude. So he was like, can we do this thing? And I was like, okay. Well, then I started thinking about all these people in my life. And I have a friend who is a drag queen and she uh-huh. is very important to me. She was actually the head of security at my wedding, which is how oh, important nice. she is to me. And I saw this post about how she needed a reason to get up and get dressed and become Victoria again. And I thought we all need a reason. Like we all right. do. Yeah. So I started cocktails and convos with chef life Beck, and the first launch was just me kind of, you know, sort of the mission statement for the business. Uh-huh. And then, um, the, or not the business, but the show, where we start having all my friends. So first up is my bartender that's been with me forever and ever and ever, and he actually helped open Pink Magnolia and stayed with me, and I think I fired him four times. He quit five. <laughs> I mean, you know. Right. So the way it's going to be is, like, every episode, it starts out with him with the cocktail that he's going to make for us, and then it goes into me interviewing people. And then we have, like, one of my best friends and girls from college. She is dating in quarantine. And it's like, how the hell does that happen? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? And then one episode is my my girl, Victoria Fox, who I'm just obsessed with. And, like, I love her. She's my unicorn. Uh-huh. I mean, drag queens are magical, and I don't quite know why, but they are. So we're just, like, we're just going to turn this time into some, like, pink positivity and see where it goes. But I, I love it. My cousin's coming on who knew my dad. My dad's gone now. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's nice to hear her stories, but she's right in the heart of it in New York city. I mean, they are, she is right in the thick of all of it. Mm. And I want to hear about it. Yeah, like I right. want to hear about what everybody's doing and how they're doing and what they're doing. And I we even set up an email so that people can email me directly. You know, maybe they have a story. Maybe they need to talk about it. Maybe they need to drink about it. I mean, I don't know. Right. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I want to, I want the world to know, like I told you, those bursts of pink dots. Like I, I want people to know that you're not in this alone. And I think that this time right now, especially with people with like mental health challenges, oh, yes. uh-huh, which yes. by the way, I think, I think everybody has, I don't right. care what you say. I think everybody has mental, mental health issues and, and Agreed. some are very manageable and some are not, but I, I do not believe there's a person out there in the world that does not have mental health issues. I mean, it's just, it, you can't. I mean, Absolutely. It, so I want people to know, like, if they're alone or they're feeling bad or whatever, like, look, come on with us. Let us tell you, talk about it. You know, let's, let's, right. let's get it out. And mm-hmm. I do not believe in hiding in the corner. It's like in the South, especially, we put our crazy out on the front porch. We right. feed it bourbon and marble reds. I don't know. But, right. You know, right. We, we, we believe in that. And so I just, I just don't want anybody to feel alone or isolated. And I always tell the kids at work, like I always, that's what I call my staff, my kids. And I always tell them, it's like, don't, don't drown alone when you can float with your family. You know, if you're wow. in the weeds and you're getting the, you know, the shit kicked out of you, you're getting screamed at and you get like, that's why you have a boss, like blame it on me. Like, let's do this together. Right. You know? And so I wanted to manifest that into a web series and, 
you know, I, I hope in my dirty, dirty fantasy when I lay in bed at night and think about it, I mean, I want this to manifest itself into my Big Pink Bus show. Like, that's what I want. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. So, you know, you were talking about that, and you were saying, you know, just blame it on you, you're the boss. But really, how I interpret that, you're a leader. And because, uh, because I mean, a leader is someone who's, like you're saying, I want to hear about it, you know? You're showing concern. I mean, that's way different than a boss. You know, bosses, in my opinion, just get things done. A leader does, exceeds that. So that's right. my little two cents that's, there. <laughs> well, I, that's so kind of you to say, but I literally have the best staff in the world and you'll meet them as we do the, as the show continues they're uh -huh. a bunch of wackadoos and they're my kids and i love them and each of them is crazier than the next and you know i feel very blessed for that because they took a big risk on coming to work for me and you know i'm not the easiest boss always it's not right, always yeah. sunshine and you know they they've been amazing and we've all been in touch together and you know i just I will never do. I will never ask them to do anything I haven't done myself. I mean, I have right. I have cleaned and plumbed more toilets than than I would even like to think about. So absolutely, wow. absolutely. You know what? I and love we, them. I love we them. We say the same yes. thing. We definitely say the same thing. I mean, we knew our roots and we yes. stay with our roots, mm -hmm. and we know what it was like to have nothing. We know we remember what it was like to live in the car. Yep. We remember what it was like to have to go through that. Yep. And, you know, and it's good oh. because most kitchens don't have a um, a connection in a sense. Most kitchens, it's all unconnected, at least for some of the kitchens that I've worked in. And I've worked for a lot through Disney because that's where I primarily learned a lot of yeah. my styles. Ooh. And a lot yeah. of it you would think would be connected because it's in that environment. But it's really not. No. Everybody is so against each other in some places, not all. But you're so against each other that it now becomes what you once loved now becomes a job. And it that's just to me so wrong. If you love what you do and you enjoy what you do and you have fun at what you do, then you're gonna get it done. And you're gonna get it done the right way. And that and so that's a great philosophy to have. Well, I I realize like when I like when you're talking about the kitchen, you're not connected because you're trying to get the guy's job ahead of you. And right. I was very aggressive because they used to bring people in front of me and make me train them for a promotion that was mine. I mean, that, that anyway. And it's like the chef. The, that's the highway, and it is that way. I mean, in the restaurant, my say was final because I'm the chef, and I wanted the kids to know that if we went down they i was gonna get them out of it do you know what i mean right mm -hmm. so like i that's that's why it's important there can only be one voice and mine's the loudest you know right but i i i learned that you know you, my father used to say you learn just as much from the bad experiences as you do the good you know you learn right. what not to do and i i knew after being in that environment of the five star five diamond kitchen and i mean i know why they were dicks like i get it like I right right but but I didn't want to raise my staff that way. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to be, no, don't argue with me. When I tell you to do it, do it. But I didn't want it to be, you know, I learned that if you can breathe, you can get inspired. Yes. You know, I could never breathe there. I was always, I was always like trying to catch up because it was like, oh my God, today, what's today going to be? And blah, 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 you know, and then I realized like once I got out of that environment, when I could breathe a little bit, like in my life and in my head, I got inspired. And that was some of the greatest food I ever produced. Once I left, you know, once it started to become my own food and I was a chef, but right. I don't want kids to come to work and be like, Oh my God, you know, like right. I love them. And it's a, it's a two way street. I can't be chef like that without my staff. I can't, I can't do it. Absolutely. Yes. So, mm -hmm. You Absolutely. know, you are only as, you are only as good as your most hungover server. I'll tell yep. you. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So is there a certain dish that you're known for? Yes. So I have a very famous dish, which is my chicken fried ribeye. It's a center oh. cut ribeye that we cut, hand cut, we slather, batter, and we deep fry. And then we serve it with um, Schlitz malt liquor braised uh, mustard greens, my naughty cream corn, and a bacon red eye gravy. Oh, and I've wow. built an entire career on frying steak. Oh, nice. That sounds so good. I mean, it's, it, it, it's like, I mean, people love it. And, like, we were using so much Slits malt liquor that they sent me an email like, what are you doing with all of this? It's like, uh -huh. oh, I pour it out from my greens because we use it to braise the greens in. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my baby. 
I mean, I love it. I love it so much. So, well, but it's all Southern food. I mean, that's what we do, like deviled eggs. And we do a Maker's Mark banana pudding that people like come oh, from nice. all over the place for. And, you know, you listen, my philosophy is bacon, butter, and booze makes everything better. And, you know, so far it's worked out pretty good. Well, you know, I'm from Louisiana, so I know all about oh, uh, what part. Um, I was born in Baton Rouge. Oh, very nice. Yes. You get back there often? Well, actually, we, we had been... the show. This show started in Baton Rouge. Yes. So we were there for like two years, and then we moved back to Florida, because we're actually residents of Florida. Yes. So we moved back to Florida, actually, in January, because they moved us to a studio... They actually moved us to record at a studio that's very popular. I can't say it on air, but it's very, very popular. And then, of course, all this happened, so we converted it home. But, but yeah, we we go there as often as we can. Um, it's sad, though, because with the career base, I don't... I've started to lose the taste buds of seafood, and it's so horrible because... I loved seafood back in the day, and now I almost lost it to where when I start eating it, it's like, okay, I don't want this anymore. And it just sucks so oh, bad. What? I Y'all know. have the best crawfish ever. I Nathan know. And I, that's my husband. When we were driving through there, this is not a joke, and it's disgusting to tell him on air, but I don't care. Uh-huh. We literally stopped at every single crawfish place we ate and got a pound just wow. so we could taste all of that. Oh, my God. We ate so much crawfish. Oh, the food in Louisiana is magical, I think. I love it. Yes. Oh, I do, too. But the crawfish, oh, my God. Sometimes we think about just driving there just for that. You know. (laughs) Well, you know, you can always order it. and You can order it in Texas and make it at your house. You can do a crawfish I know, but there's nothing like just going to crack in those heads and have someone else clean it up. So. That's true. That is very true because crawfish will get oh, very. We uh, love it. We got. We ate so many crawfish that day. That was so embarrassing. Oh, it's so care. crazy. That that is so cool. So tell me a uh, really quick. Tell me about uh, your restaurant, the uh, Pink Magnolia. Tell me about that. So it's, it's Pink Magnolia. It's um, you know Southern food. We're here in um, the Bishop Arts District in Oak Cliff, which uh-huh. is like South Dallas. You know, it's a very unique and culturally diverse neighborhood. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's my home. We are open Tuesday through Sunday and we do brunch all day on Sunday. We're definitely known for our brunch. We brunch Saturdays and Sundays, but, um, we just, you know, we always tell everybody like, welcome over and you know, like, Oh, what's your dress code? Well, it comes, you are, we love it. And it's in the bathroom is filled with all of my families, my business partners, families, and all of our investors, families, recipes, like the oh, old nice. school handwritten ones. And, it's wow. just when you come there, you're a part of us, and we love you, and we want to keep you. Absolutely. Well, we've driven through Dallas many, many, many times. Yes. Um, we because sometimes we'll drive to California just because we we just I don't know we just like nature and like to make stops along the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so do we. Yes, we've been to yeah. Houston many a times. Of course, we miss the old. Uh, remember the old uh, Astro World? We miss that. Yeah, of course. Oh, yes. totally missed that. We thought that. we were so cool getting dropped off in our season pass. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, I totally remember that. We thought we were so cool. Uh-huh. Now I can't stand amusement parks because it's full of sweaty people that are gross. But Oh, know. that's so funny. That's so funny. That's my yeah. own issue, not anybody else's. I'm just, well, I don't like know, being a big crowd. So. Well, we don't really either, but, um, you know... Our, we're even though we're getting married at Disney because we've met at Disney yes. our whole life is around them yes. you know it still doesn't mean that we go and visit them on Fourth of July because we stay away from theme yeah, parks. Yeah, we on did 4th that one July. time, and let's just say it took about two hours to walk from Fantasyland to Tomorrowland. That's how yeah. packed that Whoa. park was. Yeah. So we said we're That's not doing now. that again. Yeah, <laughs> it's not worth it. No. I really appreciate the show that you're doing, and I. It 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 was it's remarkable that you're doing that, mm-hmm. and I've said it for a long time that I I do believe people need to be heard now more than any time, yes. and it doesn't have to be about politics. It doesn't have to be about any of that. It just needs to be. We need their voice to come out so we know that they're okay, and they need to hear a voice to yeah. know that it's okay. 
So Amen. Yes. I love all of that. Couldn't so, agree more. We are here for you. But thank you so much for being on our show and best of luck thank to everything. Thank you all so you do. much. Congratulations and good luck. With everything pink. <laughs> I love her idea. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I'm tickled pink about it. Absolutely. You know, you guys, we love that show all the time. Yes. And I wasn't kidding. Whenever I told her that that helped me get into the career of food that I wanted to get into at the time, it was all because of watching her show. So. I appreciate that. She is absolutely wonderful. I love her personality. Uh-huh. So much connection in that one. Let mm-hmm. me tell you, absolute connection in that. Well, we want to thank Chef Blythe Beck for coming on the show. Yes. What a honor, in my opinion. We want to thank you guys for coming back for another great episode. Yes. Of course. And remember, you can catch out all the great information about Chris and Will on our website. ChrisandWill.com. And you can tell your friends about us and get them to follow us on Instagram. At Chris.Ann.Will. That's right. We love to entertain. So be sure to tell everybody to keep coming back because next week we got another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. Another great topic. Another great guest. Uh-huh. We're making it happen, you yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. I told you we're going to get through this. Yeah. But be sure to love yourself and the world will love you in return. We love you guys. We thank Chef for coming on our show. We thank you guys for coming on our show and, and being a part of our show. Yeah. Yay. So join us next week. But for now, you guys, we got to go. Bye. Bye.